0: PERCIVAL FROM BOLFINCH'S MYTHOLOGY BY THOMAS BOLFINCH This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. PERCIVAL The father and two elder brothers of Percival had fallen in battle or tournaments, and hence, as the last hope of his family, his mother retired with him into a solitary region where he was brought up in total ignorance of arms and chivalry. He was allowed no weapon but a little Scot's spear, which was the only thing of all her lord's fair gear that his mother carried to the wood with her. In the use of this he became so skilful that he could kill with it not only the animals of the chase for the table, but even birds on the wing." At length, however, Percival was roused to a desire of military renown by seeing in the forest five knights who were in complete armor. He said to his mother, Mother, what are those yonder? They are angels, my son, said she. By my faith I will go and become an angel with them. And Percival went to the road and met them. Tell me, good lad, said one of them, sawst thou a knight pass this way either today or yesterday? I know not, said he, what a knight is. Such a one as I am, said the knight. If thou wilt tell me what I ask thee, I will tell thee what thou askest me. Gladly I will do so, said Sir Owain, for that was the knight's name. What is this? demanded Percival, touching the saddle. It is a saddle, said Sir Owain. Then he asked about all the accoutrements which he saw upon the men and the horses, and about the arms and what they were for, and how they were used. And Sir Owain showed him all those things fully, and Percival in return gave him such information as he had. Then Percival returned to his mother, and said to her, Mother, those were not angels, but honorable knights. Then his mother swooned away, and Percival went to the place where they kept the horses that carried firewood and provisions for the castle, and he took a bony piebald horse, Which seemed to him the strongest of them, and he pressed a pack into the form of a saddle, and with twisted twigs he imitated the trappings which he had seen upon the horses. When he came again to his mother, the countess had recovered from her swoon. My son, said she, desirest thou to ride forth? Yes, with thy leave, said he. Go forward then, she said, to the court of Arthur, where there are the best and the noblest and the most bountiful of men and tell him thou art Percival, the son of Pellinore, and ask of him to bestow knighthood on thee. And whenever thou seest a church, repeat there thy paternoster. And if thou see meat and drink, and hast need of them, thou mayest take them. If thou hear an outcry of one in distress, proceed toward it, especially if it be the cry of a woman, and render her what service thou canst. If thou see a fair jewel, win it, for thus shalt thou acquire fame yet freely give it to another for thus thou shalt obtain praise if thou see a fair woman pay court to her for thus thou wilt obtain love after this discourse percival mounted the horse and taking a number of sharp-pointed sticks in his hand he rode forth and he rode far in the woody wilderness without food or drink at last he came to an opening in the wood where he saw a tent and as he thought it might be a church he said his paternoster to it and he went towards it and the door of the tent was open and percival dismounted and entered the tent in the tent he found a maiden sitting with a golden frontlet on her forehead and a gold ring on her hand and percival said maiden i salute you for my mother told me whenever i met a lady i must respectfully salute her Perceiving in one corner of the tent some food, two flasks full of wine, and some boar's flesh roasted, he said, My mother told me, whenever I saw meat and drink, to take it, and he ate greedily, for he was very hungry. The maiden said, Sir, thou hadst best go quickly from here, for fear that my friends should come, and evil should befall you. But Percival said, My mother told me, wheresoever I saw a fair jewel, to take it and he took the gold ring from her finger, and put it on his own, and he gave the maiden his own ring in exchange for hers. Then he mounted his horse and rode away. Percival journeyed on till he arrived at Arthur's court, and it so happened that just at that time an uncourteous knight had offered Queen Guinevere a gross insult, for when her page was serving the queen with a golden goblet, this knight struck the arm of the page and dashed the wine in the queen's face and over her stomacher. Then he said, If any have boldness to avenge this insult to Guinevere, let him follow me to the meadow. So the knight took his horse and rode to the meadow, carrying away the golden goblet. And all the household hung down their heads, and no one offered to follow the knight to take vengeance upon him for it seemed to them that no one could have ventured on so daring an outrage, unless he possessed such powers through magic or charms, that none could be able to punish him. Just then, behold, Percival entered the hall upon the bony piebald horse, with his uncouth trappings. In the center of the hall stood Kay, the seneschal. "'Tell me, tall man,' said Percival, "'is that Arthur yonder?' "'What wouldst thou with Arthur?' asked Kay my mother told me to go to arthur and receive knighthood from him by my faith said he thou art all too meanly equipped with horse and with arms then all the household began to jeer and laugh at him but there was a certain damsel who had been a whole year at arthur's court and had never been known to smile and the king's fool had said that this damsel would not smile till she had seen him who would be the flower of chivalry now this damsel came up to Percival and told him, smiling, that if he lived he would be one of the bravest and best of knights. Truly, said Kay, thou art ill taught to remain a year at Arthur's court, with choice of society, and smile on no one, and now before the face of Arthur and all his knights, to call such a man as this the flower of knighthood? And he gave her a box on the ear, that she fell senseless to the ground. Then said Kay to Perceval. Go after the knight who went hence to the meadow, overthrow him, and recover the golden goblet, and possess thyself of his horse and arms, and thou shalt have knighthood. I will do so, tall man, said Percival. So he turned his horse's head toward the meadow, and when he came there the knight was riding up and down, proud of his strength and valour and noble mane. Tell me, said the knight, didst thou see any one coming after me from the court? the tall man that was there said percival told me to come and overthrow thee and to take from thee the goblet and thy horse and armour for myself silence said the knight go back to the court and tell arthur either to come himself or to send some other to fight with me and unless he do so quickly i will not wait for him by my faith said percival choose thou whether it shall be willingly or unwillingly for i will have the horse and the arms and the goblet Upon this the knight ran at him furiously, and struck him a violent blow with the shaft of his spear, between the neck and the shoulder. Ha, ha, lad, said Percival, my mother's servants were not used to play with me in this wise, so thus will I play with thee. And he threw at him one of the sharp-pointed sticks, and it struck him in the eye, and came out the back of his head, so that he fell down lifeless. Verily, said Sir Owain. The son of Urien to Kay the seneschal, thou wast ill advised to send that madman after the knight, for he must either be overthrown or flee, and either way it will be a disgrace to Arthur and his warriors. Therefore will I go to see what has befallen him. So Sir Owain went to the meadow, and he found Percival trying in vain to to get the dead knight's armor off in order to clothe himself with it. Sir Owain unfastened the armor and helped Percival to put it on and taught him how to put his foot in the stirrup, and use the spur, for Percival had never used stirrup nor spur, but rode without saddle, and urged on his horse with a stick. Then Owain would have had him return to the court, to receive the praise that was his due. But Percival said, I will not come to the court, till I have encountered the tall man that is there, to revenge the injury he did to the maiden. But take thou the goblet to Queen Guinevere, and tell King Arthur that, wherever I am, I will be his vassal, and will do him what profit and service I can. And Sir Owain went back to the court, and related all these things to Arthur and Guinevere, and to all the household. And Percival rode forward, and he came to a lake, on the side of which was a fair castle, and on the border of the lake he saw a hoary-headed man sitting upon a velvet cushion, and his attendants were fishing in the lake. When the hoary-headed man beheld Percival approaching, he arose and went into the castle. Percival rode to the castle, and the door was open, and he entered the hall. And the hoary-headed man received Percival courteously, and asked him to sit by him on the cushion. When it was time, the tables were set, and they went to meet. And when they had finished their meat, the hoary-headed man asked Percival if he knew how to fight with the sword, i know not said percival but were i to be taught doubtless i should and the hoary-headed man said to him i am thy uncle thy mother's brother i am called king peshur thou shalt remain with me a space in order to learn the manners and customs of different countries and courtesy and noble bearing and this do thou remember if thou seest aught to cause thy wonder ask not the meaning of it if no one has the courtesy to inform thee The reproach will not fall upon thee, but upon me that am thy teacher. While Percival and his uncle discoursed together, Percival beheld two youths enter the hall bearing a golden cup and a spear of mighty size, with blood dripping from its point to the ground. And when all the company saw this, they began to weep and lament. But for all that, the man did not break off his discourse with Percival, and as he did not tell him the meaning of what he saw, he forbear to ask him concerning it. Now the cup that Percival saw was the sangrio, and the spear the sacred spear, and afterwards King Peshur removed with those sacred relics into a far country. One evening Percival entered a valley, and came to a hermit's cell, and the hermit welcomed him gladly, and there he spent the night. And in the morning he arose, and when he went forth, behold, a shower of snow had fallen in the night, and a hawk had killed a wild fowl in front of the cell and the noise of the horse had scared the hawk away and a raven alighted on the bird and percival stood and compared the blackness of the raven and the whiteness of the snow and the redness of the blood to the hair of the lady that best he loved which was blacker than jet and to her skin which was whiter than the snow and to the two red spots upon her cheeks which were redder than the blood upon the snow now arthur and his household were in search of percival and by chance they came that way, know ye said Arthur, who is the knight with the long spear that stands by the brook up yonder, Lord said one of them, I will go and learn who he is. So the youth came to the place where Percival was and asked him what he did thus, and who he was, but Perceval was so intent upon his thought that he gave him no answer, and the youth thrust at Percival with his lance, and Perceval turned upon him and struck him to the ground. And when the youth returned to the king, and told how rudely he had been treated, Sir Kay said, I will go myself. And when he greeted Percival, and got no answer, he spoke to him rudely and angrily. And Percival thrust at him with his lance, and cast him down, so that he broke his arm and his shoulder-blade. And while he lay thus stunned, his horse returned back at a wild and prancing pace then said sir gawain surnamed the golden tongue because he was the most courteous knight in arthur's court it is not fitting that any should disturb an honourable knight from his thought unadvisedly for either he is pondering some damage that he has sustained or he is thinking of the lady whom best he loves if it seem well to thee lord i will go and see if this knight has changed from his thought and if he has i will ask him courteously to come and visit thee And Percival was resting on the shaft of his spear, pondering the same thought. And Sir Gawain came to him, and said, If I thought it would be as agreeable to thee as it would be to me, I would converse with thee. I have also a message from Arthur unto thee, to pray thee to come and visit him. And the two men before have been on this errand. That is true, said Percival, and uncourteously they came. They attacked me, and I was annoyed thereat. Then he told him the thought that occupied his mind, and Gawain said, This was not an ungentle thought, and I should marvel if it were pleasant for thee to be drawn from it. Then said Percival, Tell me, is Sir Kay in Arthur's court? He is, said Gawain, and truly he is the knight who fought with thee last. Verily, said Percival, I am not sorry to have thus avenged the insult to the smiling maiden. Then Percival told him his name, and said, who art thou? And he replied, I am Gawain. I am right glad to meet thee, said Percival, for I have everywhere heard of thy prowess and uprightness, and I solicit thy friendship. Thou shalt have it by my faith, and grant me thine, said he. Gladly will I do so, answered Percival. So they went together to Arthur, and saluted him. Behold, Lord, said Gawain, him who thou hast sought so long. Welcome unto thee, chieftain, said Arthur. And hereupon there came the queen and her handmaidens, and Percival saluted them, and they were rejoiced to see him, and bade him welcome. And Arthur did him great honor and respect, and they returned towards Carleon. End of Percival From Bullfinch's Mythology by Thomas Bulfinch, Read by Phil Schamff